0: Hello, everybody, and welcome to another episode of the Creativity in Music and Music Education podcast. I'm Richard Maxwell, and I'm very happy to be here with you today. Uh, this is going to be episode three of a five-part series where we've been going uh, into each of the five classes this year in the Arcadia High School Creative Musical Arts and Sciences Program, or CMAS, and talking about the idea of how the student's creative process evolves over time, and getting uh, different perspectives from uh, a wide range of students across the entire program. Uh, this particular episode uh, is my third hour class, and there are actually uh, several students um, who have generally a lot more experience uh, than some of our others, which is fine. Um, certainly, everybody grows at their own rate, and, and obviously, you know, depending on how long you've been at Arcadia and, and how many years you've been in the program is going to precipitate your level of experience within the program but in any case um, it's pretty interesting to hear their perspective as opposed to maybe some of the newer students from some of the earlier episodes where we were talking about this very same topic um, in parts one and two Um, this uh, episode also features a couple of our uh, music education interns from Arizona State University uh, who happened to be present when we were recording it and so their perspective on this is also being shared which is pretty cool um and in fact uh at some point we'll do an episode uh focusing more on those interns in general all of them uh there's about a dozen of them uh this semester uh usually every year there's a dozen or so interns and student teachers uh sometimes even considerably more from uh Arizona State University they come in and and spend a semester with us here and learning about uh just different options and different ways of of running uh a music program uh basing things more on uh, the integration of creativity with technology and 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 all that process as opposed to just an interpretive music program uh not that there isn't a great deal of art and skill to that as well but it does um make things a little bit different um on the on the cmas uh side of things uh for sure to that end i did want to quickly mention that there's a great article just recently published uh by edweek.org that's edo excuse me edo W-E-E-K dot O-R-G, um, about CMAS and how uh, how the program works uh, and what sort of sets it apart. It uh, also, uh, the article uh, also covers some other programs around the country, and it's really, really an honor to be included with them. And then there's a video um, featured in the article that actually is specifically about the students uh, in the CMAS program. So if you get a chance, check out um, edweek.org. Uh, and take a look at that and, and, and as always, please share anything that you are able to about the Arcadia High School uh, CMAS program you can always find the program at www.arcadiacmass.com and you can always find me at richardmaxwell.net anyway, uh, so let's get on with this week's episode again, this is part 3 of a 5 part series uh, dealing with the students' sense of their creative process and how it evolves over time and here you go Okay, so we are back in, this is actually part three of a series that I thought would be kind of interesting. So we've had first hour, second hour, this is third hour, uh, joined by a couple of our ASU friends, which is cool. Um, And then we go on break next week, and so then we hit fourth hour and part five with fifth hour, or sorry, well, part five will be sixth hour, because fifth hour is now lunch. I don't understand that still myself, (laughs) but whatever. Um, It is what it is. So um, here's what I'd like to do first. Uh, we'll just go around the room real quick, around the ring real quick, just say who you are um, and maybe either the year that you are uh, in the program or your role in the program, as the case may be, um, and we'll just kind of introduce who's, who's in the room today. So,
1: um, I'm Jackson Ackland, uh, junior.
2: I'm Gabe Rajas, senior. I've been here for, like, four years. Yes,
3: you have.
4: I'm Emma. I'm, I'm a junior. Oh, I'm Leah, and I'm a junior. I'm
3: Saif. I'm a senior. I've been here for three years.
5: I'm Alexis. I'm an intern from ASU.
6: Uh, I'm Charlie. I'm also an intern from ASU. I'm a senior in their music education program.
0: Cool. So thank you guys for being here. So I've been asking the same basic question to all of the other groups that we've done this this particular topic with, and... Uh, it's not comparative. It's just kind of get different perspectives. And so the question basically comes down to this. Uh, and and I'm, I'm curious, maybe observationally, from our ASU intern folks, um, as, as Arizona State University students or music education majors, just what your sense of, of this question will be, um, because in the context it may be a little different for you. So here's what I'm wondering, and especially because we've got juniors and seniors in the room. What is your perception, uh, sorry, well, anyway, we're all, yeah. What is your perception of how your own process has changed or as you see it changing over time? And what I mean by that is not I mean it could be things that are very specific to what you either create or produce, but I mean more in terms of your perspective on how do you handle scenarios where Like if you think back to the early days of working in this program, when you first started and you might have an idea for something and it might or might not execute the way you anticipated for whatever that reason was, and how you dealt with that, not necessarily even just like emotionally how you dealt with it, I mean like how did you go from the idea of, I had an idea, I was hoping to be able to present it in this way, something occurred that's prevented that but I still need to present it or I still need to figure out what to do with the idea maybe, like the context of it changed, or something like that. Like how has that experience evolved or changed? You know, some of you are, are more into creating content and performing. Some of you are more into production. How do you handle the variables of making things basically, your creative process? How has that changed maybe since your first quarter versus now? In some cases, this is your... If I do the math right, uh, your thirteenth quarter. Potentially. Yeah, I mean it's a it's a there's a lot of possibilities with that. So I'm just wondering what you think about that idea. Like how is the, how have things changed over the, the years?
1: Um, I have you speechless. Uh, yeah, uh, a lot of questions. Oh. <laughs> I don't know to start. I think a, okay, please.
7: So, I started in the history program. Yes, you did. And I didn't know, like, anything about anything in the program. And then um, I approached you and I was like, can I get involved? Because you were saying, yeah, anyone in the program can be, like, involved in anything they want to be. And they can go on field trips and all that. And I started, like, working events and I didn't know what the heck I was doing. But, like...
3: You fooled everybody.
7: (laughs) (laughs) But, like, the seniors were really, really helpful and, like, the upperclassmen and, like... Mm -hmm. Now I can be that for the freshman. Okay. Is, it's like I never thought that I would be in that position.
0: That's interesting.
7: Yeah. And so, like, it's really cool to be, like, a mentor to people like we okay. were once, like. So.
0: Can you go a little further into I'm I'm curious if you can, because obviously something, you sort of just said it, something switched. Like, at some point you were, like, you had yourself sort of, like, self-declared in this category. And then something flipped and now you... Put yourself in the other category. Do you know what transpired to get you to do that? It's okay if you don't. I'm just I'm just curious.
7: I think it was a lot of just like working, like experience. It really like because you don't like learn anything unless you're actually doing it. And okay. like in my eyes, like that's how I learn. And um, like I learned about cables by people saying, "Hey, this is this, this is that." Right. And like um, I just like after a certain amount of times of doing that so much, like. I remembered it, and okay. then I can just build off of it, and it's right. really easy for me to just like be like, hey, that's that, and that's that. And okay. can, that goes into there.
0: Sure. So, yeah. Just for all of you, because I've noticed like when we do events, you know, whether you are personally involved in the performance or if you're just there to support, is there a fear element in that at all? Like this idea of like, oh my gosh, I would help, but I'm afraid to help, that eventually you sort of go, oh no, you know what, I will step up and I'll give this a shot. Because I've noticed that that seems to be a part of this process, too.
1: I was like that at first. Like, I was afraid of messing up. Okay. And that's just kind of how I am in the beginning of things. Okay. Like... Can I ask
0: you, and if you don't mind more specifically, was that strictly because your personality is that way? Or do we have... And I'm asking because I want to know, is there something inherent in 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 the way we operate that somebody who's brand new, which at one point all of you were that you would feel kind of... I don't know if intimidated is the right word, but again, like, almost afraid. Yeah. That, that is part of what we
1: do? A, a little bit. When you're going into a brand-new program, not knowing what okay. to do for the first time, I mean, sure. it's explained, and it, it's taught. Right. But for the first time, actually going up and actually helping, Sure. it's terrifying. It's scary. <laughs> okay.
0: But is that... See now, I mean, to me, that's more human nature, though. Like, that's gonna be for that could yeah. be you could you know your math class, and somebody says, "Hey, if you understand how this equation works, help your desk partner or something like that." I mean, conceptually, that could be anywhere. True. I, I mean, I don't know. I'm just I'm just I'm just trying to figure out where the shift happens. I guess, especially because you guys have been around for a while.
7: I think it's really important to also have like really um, supportive people teaching you. Okay. Um, like, senior, like, upperclassmen in my freshman year weren't the best. Okay. Um, but, like, last year, sophomore year, mm-hmm. was, like, amazing. Okay. Um, I think that was, like, where I learned the most. To be school. fair
0: for those seniors your freshman year, and I don't know, because I, I have, a, my perspective is always different. Yeah. Um, I just, you know, it, it would have to be. Is it possible that, like you said you know they weren't the best but it's also possible that some of it was that you weren't ready for it i'm not i'm not saying you're wrong i'm just saying yeah you know cuz i have had a theory for a long time that your first year in this program for some for a lot of people is not <laughs> it sounds horrible to say it this way it's not that you're wasting your time you're not but it's almost like your first year through the program is almost a wash in some respects because it's just too much coming at you. like the, like the trade-off of saying everybody at every level has access to the opportunities equally because I think that's really important in the bigger picture but it also puts you kind of in this like overwhelmed state that I feel like it takes you a year to figure out how to navigate a little bit because it's like getting like piled on a, a former intern described it and I've I've used this analogy ever since is like it's like you it's like I've handed the kids a bucket and to go stand out in the rain and like I've said just catch all the water and they're looking around like you got to be kidding me. You can't possibly. And even if they could, the bucket fills up faster than they can get all the rain into it anyway. And then like the following year they're going, "Oh wait, I could change the shape of the bucket." <laughs> Do you know what I mean? Like like but it takes like a whole year to figure out. Not cuz we're hiding it from them, but almost like it's just so much at once, you know. Um like Thursday night was a really good example. There were a ton of people there, and it was a blast that show. But it was interesting the number of new people that were there, and you could kind of see the looks on their face, especially the people back at front of house with with you, Emma, that yeah. were like you. You could tell they were interested. You could tell they wanted to help, but you could also tell they were like, I no, don't make like yeah. they were, like what you were saying. The idea that there's like it's it's a little terrifying, not because anybody's making it mean. I don't think
1: it's not that it's mean. It's just when you get up there, you're overwhelmed. You, right you have an expectation to to fill okay of having this either run properly right if you're on the producer side if you're performing you have to make it sound right right like sure like it's supposed to sound and if you don't like I know for me that I overthink situations a lot mm-hmm and if I'm performing I and, and I uh, <laughs> and I mess up once it'll throw me off sure a lot and sure. I can't go Oh, yeah. it. Okay. So I'll have to restart or yeah. just try and forget. It's good that, that you're self aware enough oh, to yeah. know because then you can work on it. Yeah.
0: So you said something, you said expectation. Is part of the problem that and I, I don't know, is it part of the problem that you everybody comes up because we don't have a feeder into this program, so basically the soonest you can start is when you're a freshman in high school, which in some ways mm-hmm. Like in the grand scheme of life, you're really, really young. But in the grand scheme of education, you've been—I mean, that's around that's a—you've been around for a while. Is some of the—is it—is some of it stemmed from the idea that like you're, and I don't know how to say this nicely. I'm trying to think of a way to phrase this, but like almost like everything's been—I don't want to say handed to you prior to, but it's almost like like, you know, like in middle school or in elementary school, there's a lot of okay. You you show up here, and you stand here, and you do this, and this will be provided, and this will be provided, and this will be provided. And then you show up in this program, and I have deliberately set it up in such a way where I'm kind of like, here's a bunch of stuff. Barring any extreme actions, you can't destroy anything. Go ahead and see what you can figure out and what will work for the circumstance. I fundamentally believe that that longer-term, bigger picture is really good for you, especially from a a get-a-job kind of standpoint. But I can also see where early on it would be like, uh, yeah, I'm not, I'm not doing that. And I, I don't know if that does that. Does that relate at all to that? Is there any connection to that at all? Do you guys? I mean, you guys, you do, you know, you have to intern at. I don't even know how many different places over the course of your degree, but it's several. Mm-hmm. Is there any sense that? I mean, I know, like I said, your perspective will be a little different because you haven't been in the program, but is you know, on the intern side of it, do you notice any correlations to any of this? Is there any?
6: Um, I definitely think that there's merit in the statement that when you are in middle school, there are a lot of things that are presented in a way that make it very difficult to, A, fail, and B, do something that's not like a one-track way, if that makes sense. Sure. And when you get to high school, that's still pretty much the case. There's a lot of safeguards and you know you still go to math class and you take this math and then this math whereas with this class if you think about it as a four-year process where you're picking things that you want to learn about and specialize in I think it is very different and it could be intimidating but I think that that's part of (coughs) what makes it work for the students. Because I've
0: talked to some of you about this over the last couple of years in fact I always am trying to figure out how far in that direction we could go because, like, philosophically, I think it's better to give more control. But I've also learned that the irony of that is, is that's one of the main reasons why some students don't come back. Like, the irony of it all is that they'll say they want the control of their own creative destiny, but then it turns out that the responsibility of that Can become very I mean you've all seen it and I'm not picking on any of those people I'm not saying they're bad people but you've all been around you've seen that happen in classes and you can tell it's like the 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 weight of it becomes almost very off-putting you know um and I've, I've wondered about that like is is there a way to sort of split the difference but I don't know how to do that without making it seem like the person who who doesn't want to take on the responsibility it's almost like it Forgive me, but it's like it dumbs it all down for them. And then it's kind of like a well, you know, how come so and so gets to do this thing or that thing and I'm not, you know, and I can't, and then it's like, well, because you decided not to actively, you know, pursue or, or I I mean I don't know. I don't and you may not be the group to talk to because you guys are clearly ones that took your own initiative repeatedly and kind of bought into the, the overall premise. But I don't know. I just does that any any thoughts on any of, any
2: I know from like a psychological standpoint that having too many choices is sure. a bad thing, because <laughs> it'll overwhelm the person deciding, and sure. eventually they might not even want to make a choice.
0: Right, right. So like that's very true.
2: Just a few options to right. go. Well,
0: and that's why, like in in out. the actual assignments, because I know you all read every word that I ever publish. <laughs> but if you look at them, they actually do set up limitations. They do set up like specific um like quantifiable goals and you know and, and things of that nature but I also like the idea of you know why should you limit yourself like if you do the minimum that's outlined why not push yourself and why not get into the habit of pushing yourself you know we don't for example as a program we don't have to release an album every single week an EP or otherwise but there is something pretty cool about the notion that every week somebody in the program's got something new to share. That's in a state of readiness. That maybe it's not perfect, but it's worth getting out there. Do you know what I mean? And I kind of feel like for the individual thing, I see your point though. That that it's almost like too many. There's a great Peter Gabriel quote I've said to some of you before. I've talked about. It. He's, he's he um he used to go around. I think I mentioned this in one of the earlier podcasts this year. He used to go in, you know, and he says that um, the problem with creative people is that if you give them unlimited choices, they do exactly what you said. They they actually don't make any decisions because they're so caught up in oh I could this or I could that. Right, like they get so like enamored with all the possibilities that they don't actually do anything. Um, He used to do things to his drummers where he would go into the studio when the drummer was on a break and he'd take away all the crash cymbals because it would force the drummer to reconsider how they were gonna play the parts. Because if you can't go blick em, blick em, blick them, crash as a transition, and now you have to find some way to make the transition happen, it pushes you creatively by limiting options rather than opening them up. I'm not always good at limiting you guys. But I don't know. Other thoughts on, on this idea of how your process has evolved or changed?
4: Oh. Um, remember my first two years where I just do music? I don't think I... You still do music. Yeah, but now I want to produce because I think I like helping more. Because when I first started doing music, I enjoyed it, but I didn't enjoy it as much as I do helping.
1: That's interesting.
4: Because I think, because during middle school, I was in choir and I used to perform and everything. Mm -hmm. And then when I came here, I was like, if I perform, I'm actually going to die. So, <laughs> so well, I just like well, that's stopped.
0: A, that's a separate conversation <laughs> that maybe we have to address.
4: Um, uh,
0: so not that I don't respect that position. I mean, I understand. I just
4: so then I, well, last year I was considering it, but there was like no one in our class. I don't think besides Chloe. But I was kind of scared of Chloe. She intimidated me. Chloe? She, yeah. Well, yeah. she was nice, I mean, yeah. but like. She just intimidated me. So okay. I was like, that's you know right. what? Okay. I'm not going to... I w- could have produced She'll be amused year. by that.
0: <laughs> She'll be very entertained by that.
4: I was going to produce last year, but I was like, I don't really want to interact with people. I think I was in a really bad place sophomore year.
0: Okay, like, maybe that... Okay, yeah. fair enough. And that's, that's, <laughs> that's, that's 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 big of you to to acknowledge that. Um, and some of it, too, is I think... Somebody mentioned earlier the idea of the sense of responsibility, especially when you're talking about production, because suddenly... I think I think one of the things that I am proud of is is that there is a sense amongst the whole program of what it takes to do a live performance, what it takes to release a recording. Like I think everybody respects the fact that it's not just, oh, you just walk into the room and you, you know, it's all done for you. Like somebody has to do that work and to appreciate the time, the expertise and everything else. But I also can see where you'd feel a little intimidated at the responsibility of that. Like, okay, you know, if if Jackson walks in to record a song and you're going to produce it for him, you know, no matter how how good of the song he's got, you're also in the back of your mind feeling a little bit of obligation to make sure that, that yeah that he gets the right you know that the take that's the perfect take actually got captured properly that you mix it in a way that you know uh, is is doing credit to whatever his artistic vision is. Um, the other direction too especially with folks that maybe are uncertain how do you pull them out of their shell I spend a lot of my time especially with the new folks trying to figure out ways of having them not be freaked out at just some greater and lesser degrees of success clearly um, you know but that's I think everybody's got that um, you know I myself get very anxious about it too you know um, when we're doing shows And, you know, if I've had a couple of parents that have been reaching out to me in, you know, this, I'm not going to name names, and I'm not going to tell you specifics, but like just this year, um, you know, I've had somebody who's been, I would like to think in the bigger picture trying to be well-intentioned, but their execution is to constantly belittle a lot of students in the process. That's how it comes out. But it also makes me kind of anxious, like, if that person attends one of our shows and one of you has an off night, does that feed into their narrative? And and most, for to be honest with you, for the most part, I push that thought aside because, because I think on balance, and I go, please show me another group of like 14 to 18 year olds that can do what you guys do collectively. You know, even something as, mundane, and I know it was not the funnest two days, but you moved and redesigned and reconnected the entire soundstage and improved it dramatically. That's one of the reasons why Thursday was so successful, because you guys did a major overhaul and improved that in two days. And it wasn't like a pick up a microphone and move it across the room kind of effort. I mean, you you guys all know what that took. You know, so I think some of it's it's sort of trying to balance all of that. Um, you like to be behind the scenes, I've noticed. You are enthusiastic as anyone, boisterously so too, which is actually pretty entertaining. I'm just curious, and I'm not I'm not asking this as a criticism, and I'm not you don't have to answer this if you don't want to, Gabe. But I'm wondering, you're not afraid to be heard. We know this because standing in the middle of the audience. You, you are sort of like the big cheerleader for a lot of people in a very positive, wonderful sort of way. I'm hoping that that will rub off on some other folks as you're going to be graduating, in all, all fairness. But I'm wondering, you contribute actively, but you don't want to get up on stage. Or is it that you do, but you just don't do it
2: yet? I think it's more the second one. It's just that like I haven't gotten to that point. Okay. Or something. Within yourself, or is it something... Um, I feel like my main problem is just anticipating it. Like as soon as I get up there, I'll probably be fine. Okay. But
0: So you're like Jackson, you overthink things
2: a little bit. Okay. And I just want it That's to okay. be like I just want to make sure that like I would be able to execute it perfectly before I actually Okay. show anybody. Okay. And there's nothing wrong with that. There's nothing wrong with that. Um you
0: was it last year where you sang? Yeah. And then everybody's like, Oh my gosh, wait, she's singing and performing. So and then and I and I know you have a great love for production. And and I know that you have a you have career goals and ideas for your future. So I, and I get all of that. I'm wondering though, like on Thursday, and it was I was glad you were there and you were basically running the show and that was important. We needed people with experience, mentoring newer folks, like you had said. Do you ever watch these, though? I mean, are, are you ever actively like, you know, I could, I could, I just, you know, I haven't or whatever. I, and I'm not trying, again, I'm not trying to put you on the spot. I'm just curious where that shifter changes.
7: Um, I think I wouldn't have a problem with performing, but I don't see myself as a creator. That's all that much. And um, I don't think I, like, I have a mad respect for people who write music. Sure. Because that's like a whole nother level of, like, creativity. See, but that's
0: interesting to me, because you have such an impact on how the end result... I mean, you're making lots of creative decisions when you do that.
7: Yeah, but, like, I could never write it. You know? And, like, I don't think I'd ever be comfortable enough on an instrument to, like, perform that way. And I think the only reason I performed with Angel was because he was the one playing, and he was, like, backing me up, and, like, he was there for me, and, like, he really cheered me on, and, like, I would not have done it if
0: Okay, so yeah, by yourself, that wouldn't have happened. No. Okay. And there's nothing wrong with that. Do you think... And I, Again, I'm just curious. Yeah. Oh. <laughs> Sorry, May. Do you think you would go back to at some point? I mean, the answer doesn't have to be yes or no. I'm just curious.
4: Um, well, I would like to. It's just the fact that I get way too nervous, and okay. I would like to sing, but I can't sing by myself because that's too scary.
0: Okay, so... so, so, so but, but what you basically just said, if I'm hearing you right, is your issue is rooted... In a confidence, not necessarily in an ability. Yeah. Okay. So that's maybe something we should consider. Not that you have to do it. I think that there's, I think it's one thing though to say, I'm making a deliberate choice to do something or not to do it. But I think it's another when you sort of allow the circumstance to dictate that choice. Like if you were to say, you know what, I just don't feel like singing the song right now in front of these people, okay. But if you're saying to yourself, I don't, you know, I can't get up there. I can't get, that's like, it's like not, it's almost like it's not you making the choice. Do you know what I mean?
7: Mm-hmm. Hmm.
0: So you've had an interesting evolution. And you and I have talked about this a little bit. But it's been very interesting to me. Two things have happened in the last however many weeks we've been in school to, that i just observed. And, and I know I've talked to you, you and I've talked about this already, but I think it's worth sharing here. Um, So, for you, Saif, it's been interesting to see that, like, the direct connection between your confidence on stage and the audience's response and interest in more from you has been very clearly related to each other. Um, And even, like, even, like, the way you hold yourself on stage has changed. Um, You were much more, I don't think I've ever seen you that animated as I did last Thursday night and then Friday at lunch you did it again for the lunch show and it was calm, but it was very um, I don't know just infectious. It was interesting. when you guys and fourth and I'm wondering if this is where it started do you remember last year there was this you had a band just for like five minutes yeah, right But you guys did do that one gig. And that, to me, seems to be where it started. Whether that band ever recon, you know, re re um, configures itself or, or reforms or not, and that's okay. But it was interesting to see there was a change. Do you, I mean, is there any? And actually, Jackson, you were in that group as mm-hmm. well. Was there something inherent in that experience that you can? Because it seems like there's before that moment, and mm-hmm. after that moment.
3: I feel like I didn't really start making the biggest change until after summer had ended.
0: Okay.
3: I mean, glittering was a stepping stone for that because it was the first time that I had performed with like, multiple people besides like my brother. Okay. It was my first year. Right. But just, I had never sung before and I don't know. I always thought I had a bad singing voice because, like.
0: Yeah, that's not true. I mean, you may have thought it, but it's not a bad singing voice is what I meant.
3: But, I don't know, it was something different that I had done, something interesting that I had done. Right. It was something...
0: I just remember when you did the thing with the group Glitter Ring for that one concert, you had this look about you like you were just happier about it. It it seemed like before in class or or on the other rare occasions at, at the shows... Where you'd be kind of almost buried reading the lyrics like but almost like as a defense mechanism like if I look down at my lyrics I don't have to look up and out and that seemed to have changed Do you know what I mean? Like there was a spoken word part at the beginning of the thing you did on Thursday And it was really cool, but it it was very I don't know if you are aware of your body language I don't know if anybody got footage of the whole thing but if you watch that there was something very interesting that happened the, fir- the For the very first time, and I understand because it was a lot of words. I understood why you read it, but you had this body language about it when you were done, like, I really wanted to be able to put my phone... Like, you, were, you did not want your phone to be getting in the way of your performance. Whereas before, it was like you wanted the phone almost like a, as a shield. Like, your whole body language has changed in performance since then. Which is cool, but it's interesting to me. I don't know what... And you, again, you don't have to share it if you don't want to, but something... I mean, everybody here, you saw them nodding when I was, I mean, they're all, and they, no one likes to agree with me, so I should tell you.
3: (laughs) When it comes to performing, in my eyes, I don't see it as much as just like getting up on stage and like speaking and then everybody claps and then you get off stage. (laughs) It's more so like, I wanna, I wanna be that, energy that i emit when i'm on stage okay i want to like a make catalyst it. like for you
0: yeah that's In a good sense. way that's a good word yeah. yeah a
3: catalyst I'll. it's just i don't know i've listened to a lot of other artists and like just how their music is put out mm-hmm. and how they perform it i wanted to like. Do it that way mm-hmm. instead of being buried in my phone all the time. Right. I didn't I didn't take the time to memorize my lyrics. Sure, sure. But that takes a lot
0: of overcoming a lot of fear. Like I was saying, because the the phone allows you a barrier. You know, you lose that phone, and now it's like okay, we're 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 interacting <laughs> with each other. That's a scary thing. That's changed in a positive way. I just think it's really cool. I just I really really like that. Um just as we're gonna have to wrap up here in a second, any thoughts from our ASU friends at all? Anything anybody wants to add? Or?
5: Um, from an observational point, um, I actually, it's really cool. In the short period of time that I've been here, I have actually witnessed someone go from the production side to the performing side. Um, someone who didn't think that they were capable of that. Um, she actually performed this morning on ANN and and she was always telling me how she always wanted to do the producing side, but her mom was the one that wanted her to do the performing side. And her mom was trying to get her to write music. And she always told her mom, no, I can't do that. Um, I'm not capable of doing that. I'm not capable of performing in front of people. But then today, just on a whim, she decided to go and sing a cover, which is definitely a really good start to that creative process. Um, If she's going to get there, like, I mean, that's up to her and even if she doesn't get there, like, she's still proved that she could do the performing side and I just thought that was super cool and, um, yeah, just a really good example of what we've yeah. been talking about.
0: Sarah, it's obviously it's, it's Sarah and she's, she's definitely been trying to figure out how to thread that needle. Mm-hmm. Had a very funny conversation with her actually funny enough a couple of days ago where she's like, yeah, my mom, My mom's, you know, I want to go to med school, but my mom keeps telling me, you know, you should look into music too. Mm -hmm. And it's like, how often does that happen where the parents are like, no, 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 go pursue the arts. And I I was was like, Sarah, you don't know how rare that is. Whether you decide to or not, just that you're not going to have the, I mean, because for some people it's a battle. Mm -hmm. It's a real, real battle, which is a shame. And one of the reasons why I also like the career path elements of what you guys do here, that there is a way to be able to It's not that it's easy. I mean, nothing in life is, if it's worthwhile, is going to be, you know, you know, an easy situation. But there at least are possibilities. It's not just chasing, you know, a rabbit hole kind of scenario. All right. So there we have another episode of the Creativity in Music and Music Education podcast. Uh, Thanks again for listening on iTunes or wherever you might be getting uh, your podcast from. Please subscribe. Please share. Uh, You can always find. Uh, out more about the Arcadia High School Creative, Musical Arts, and Sciences program at www.arcadiacmass.com and you can always find me at richardmaxwell.net. Anyway, thanks again for listening and we will be back with another episode next time. Bye-bye.